welcome to Out of the Ether. I am still Tim Brick, and I am still your host for this amazing podcast. And I know we haven't dropped an episode in a while, but that's for good reason. I shifted gears and uh, co-wrote and produced and mixed and uh, played on an album, uh, which just got released a couple weeks ago. Uh, the name of the album is In Between the Things We Know, and it was released by the Skip Bravery Band. And so for the next few episodes, you're going to get to meet the Skip Bravery Band um, and discuss this album, the songs on the album, some of the iterations of songs, some of the versions, and uh, where they started, where they ended up, um, people's hopes and dreams that got crushed in the process. <laughs> but uh, overall, really, the, the, the process of creating music, uh, the process of recording music, the process of mixing music, of mastering music, um, of taking your ideas and uh, putting them down and putting them out to the world, um, which is really what the genesis of this whole podcast was about anyway a couple of years ago when I started it. I was talking about the process of uh, creating music. So this is very much uh, that process, and it's very timely since the album just dropped. Uh, one thing I do want to call out real quick, the um, the recording was uh, on some mobile equipment, not my my usual super-duper professional uh, setup that I got here for a podcast. Uh, so uh, the sound quality is different. It's not bad. If it was bad, I would have said we're not going to release it. It's fine. You can hear everything. Uh, but you may notice, you may think, well, what happened? Did their budgets get sliced? <laughs> uh, they didn't. It was just a function of the equipment that was needed to be used to record these podcasts. So anyway, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy meeting the Skip Bravery Band. Well, welcome everybody to another exciting episode of Out of the Ether. I actually have something very interesting planned uh, over the next few months. The reason that I haven't been putting my podcast out on a regular basis most of this year it's because a, a very dear friend of mine that I hadn't spoken to in uh, not sure how long, might have been two decades, <laughs> but uh, reached out and was coming to visit uh, Arizona and uh, actually got a hold of me on LinkedIn and we started chatting and he came out and we went to dinner and of course going to dinner means coming by the house to pick me up because I'm too lazy to ever drive and meet anybody. Uh, when he did that, he saw the guitar, started reminiscing about how we used to play guitar together. I said, oh, that's nothing, come see my studio. Uh, and that led to um, spending a large part of the month uh, that him and his wife were going to relax in Arizona over at my studio and it sparked us uh, into doing an album. So this podcast started the very first episode and the intent of it was to talk about songwriting and the songwriting process. Um, share with people the different iterations of songs, how they go from A to Z and uh, along the way kind of uh, sidetracked a little bit into doing interviews because I have realized I have a lot of amazing friends in the music industry that I want to introduce everybody to but we're, we're really going to kind of go back to those roots so I think that's enough of me it's the beauty of doing a podcast it doesn't have to be me doing all the talking uh, I have somebody else and uh, I want to introduce our guest today it's Mark Avery Mark are you with us I am thanks well, thank you, and uh, thank you for reaching out on LinkedIn uh, about a year ago, and uh, thank you for coming to spend time in Arizona then. One of the coolest things that's ever happened. <laughs> well, likewise. So, um, 
for our audience. Mark is uh, coming to us uh, from beautiful Leewood. Is it Leewood that you guys are in? It is. Kansas City. We'll just call it Kansas City. Okay. Casey, Kansas City. Um, and you might think, well, Tim, you live in Arizona. How do you know somebody in Kansas City? I grew up in the Midwest, but more importantly, I went to college in Kansas City. And uh, Mark, I, you can take over from there. I'm not even sure how you wound up at the same university. Then your your life take a strange track or something there. Every life takes a strange track, um, but yeah, I was uh, I was going down to the University of Dallas. Uh, I was actually in the seminary, uh, studying to be a priest, and uh, we attended classes at the University of Dallas. When I decided to leave the seminary, um, it was advised that I leave the university too and kind of get away from somebody that I had met down there uh, named Michelle. Obviously, I had fallen in love with the, the person that is now my wife, and, uh, and uh, so thought I needed to kind of get away and, and figure all that out. So I transferred up to Rockhurst, Kansas City, and uh, that is where I met you. And as a philosoph fellow philosophy major, um, I think you said we had like four classes together that first semester, and uh, so uh, we, uh, we got to know each other rather quickly that semester. Yeah, we did. Very much so. And I, and I remember one of the things we bond over was music. I don't even know how we, uh, that conversation came up, but I, uh, I do remember one time being at your house. This might have been after college, because uh, I continued to live in Kansas City for a while. And uh, you putting on some Billy Joel, some old Billy Joel. And it wasn't the fact that you were sharing a song with me. You know, we have lots of friends that go, oh, you got to hear this song. It was the, the complete and utter like enthusiasm that you had for the song. You were you were breaking down like each part of the song and how he played this and the tempo he played it at, and you were going into so much detail. And I remember sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, this is a guy. I had to start a band with this guy. I hadn't been in a band in a while. I'm like, he's really into this. He's really. I bet I bet we could have a great time doing music together. I don't know if you remember that that moment or not, but I don't remember the Billy Joel moment, but I do remember the moment when we were walking uh, to our car after class or. Uh, and you said, oh, dude, get in my car. You got to hear this song. And uh, it was, uh, of course, we threw in the cassette tape if that, you know, marks our, uh, marks our moment in time. But uh, it was Bruce Springsteen, the way it is, or uh, Bruce Springsteen, Bruce Hornsby's The Way It Is. And uh, you were just like, you were so tight. Oh, listen to this, man. They're so tight. They're so tight. But uh, and just the syncopation of that, that keyboard was just, uh, it was just something really, really cool. So, and, and I think, um, candidly, I think when uh, people hear uh, something lost and nothing gained, I've heard several people say to me, uh, you guys are kind of channeling uh, your inner Hornsby there a little bit. So. <laughs> well, you know, there's, um, I, I never, I never set out intentionally to uh, plagiarize anything, you know, uh, but there's no question, like whatever, it's funny when I listen back, because I've been in a lot of bands over the years and different things that have been recorded. Um, and I can tell you exactly what I was listening to, what I was into at the time we did particular pieces, you know, EPs or, or singles got dropped. Because you do get influenced by whatever you're listening to. And I, my guess is that song um, probably probably came from a moment of Hornsbyism. <laughs> <laughs> That gives, gives everybody a little bit of the background how we met. We met in college, philosophy majors, still philosophizing, uh, and uh, realized we had a love of music. I know we played together a couple of times. We sat down, I think, with acoustic guitars and kicked it around. I don't remember. You seem to have better recollection than me. Um, 
where the whole Skip Bravery band concept came from, because that is the, we just released an album, and we released it under the Skip Bravery band, but I, I know it goes back to those days, I just don't remember the story. It was all you, and I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm pretty certain we were sitting around in a bar or something, uh, but uh, we decided we needed a name for the band, and you're the one that's throughout, you know, putting our names together and forming Bravery, and then thought it needs something in front of that, so Skip Bravery. And so it was really that. You just kind of threw it out, and we like, yeah, that's it. The Skip Bravery Band. I like it. <laughs> uh, Must have been like at the 1.30 a.m. Uh, portion of the It was a very inspirational bar. moment at the bar. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I know we've talked about my whole thing with band names. If the band's good, the name's good. If the band sucks, the name sucks. It doesn't really matter. You could call us... Uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum, I don't know. You know, if, if, it, if it hits, it hits. Right. It doesn't really, it's not important. But it's cool that there is some, some background to that name. I'm sipping my coffee right now. See, this is the beauty of being able to go back and edit all this <laughs> stuff later. I'll make it sound like a really intelligent conversation. So after finishing up a great cup of coffee and a uh, little bit of time spent uh, discussing the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, the odds of them winning the Super Bowl this year, uh, Mark suddenly decided it's time to get back to uh, telling our story about uh, the Skip Bravery Band and uh, more to the point, uh, how we wound up doing this album. And you just suggested, let's get together. And, you know, while you're down here, I said, let's play. And you said, better yet, let's, uh, let's record a song. And you had written a song uh, called Set Me Free and brought me into the studio and you know, off we went. Uh, You'd had you'd played with several different kind of arrangements of the song from a vocal standpoint. You had you had the musical arrangement uh, really tight, uh, and I think you'd you'd played with a couple of vocal arrangements and uh, said let's play with another one and and uh, it was just a ball. You sat through about 136 takes of that song. <laughs> uh, most of it going no, Mark, you didn't get that rhythm. You didn't get that moment on the refrain coming in, but. Uh, Eventually, we got there. Yeah, well, and that you know, that's that's a fun song for me. That that was very much a COVID baby, as you know. I've I've got uh, my uh, my cousin Andy, and uh, he scores for for Hollywood for TV and film. Uh, this was a bored COVID moment, and so I put together this blues progression, and it's kind of rocking out of my end. I'm like, oh, I wonder if Andy's got time, wants to play some keyboards, and he, we, him, and I were having fun with it. And it, it was never intended to have any lyrics on it. Um, and actually, that song first was called, when I finally wrote some lyrics, because a friend of mine's like, oh, I want to sing on that. It was called Deranged. I don't know if you remember that. I think that was the, the first title of that song. And I think you were the one that, <laughs> that changed it, because you're like, right, hey, I'm God. totally cool with singing on it. I just don't want to be, I don't want to be uh, affiliated with a song called Deranged. <laughs> so we changed it to Set Me Free. But, um, well, here's the, here's the, the, the thing I remember most about that moment, or that day, when when you came back and said, "Yeah, yeah, let's do this. This will be fun to record." Um, and actually, I, I do have my note producer notes here. It was 198 takes, just for accuracy. <laughs> um, but like, who's counting, really? You know, yeah. that as the beauty of digital. If we were still doing reel-to-reel tape, I might have had to cut you off sooner. Um, but um, what I remember is I was, I, I think it was right at the beginning of that that session. Um, and I was setting up the microphone, doing something, 
and you were sitting in the chair behind me and you were playing your guitar. You have that travel tailor uh, you brought with you. And you were playing what I later found out is called Where Do We Go From Here? And I, I don't know if you remember, but I remember distinctly the moment I heard you hit the chorus on that song. And it's just so, I, I think all of our listeners are, are music aficionados and or in the industry, so they understand the difference. But if anybody doesn't, refrain and chorus were basically, we use two words to talk about the same thing. Um, but you hit the chorus, and I remember stopping what I was doing, I turned to you and I said, that song is a hit. I don't know if you remember that moment or not. I do very distinctly. Uh, I do remember that, actually. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I was adamant that I said, hey, we'll go ahead and do this one, because I got all the music done, and we'll have some fun with this, but we, ne we really need to record that before you leave town. And that was um, that. So for me, the first song in this album is really, where do we go from here? Even though I guess technically it's set me free. Yeah, uh, where do we go from here was the first really collaborative. Um, uh, you know, that was a very personal song for me. Uh, uh, my neighbor, uh, they had a son who's just about as sweet as kid as you'd, you'd ever meet. And when he was in high school, he took up guitar. And of course, as many people can do at that age, that he became very good very quickly. And he wrote songs and he really kind of motivated me to start playing again. And uh, again, just a really, really cool, sweet, talented kid, uh, and went away to college and and, uh, and died suddenly. And uh, so that song for me was just, you know, you just you just ache for the parents. You know, I certainly miss him, but just just ache for the parents. And so that song was kind of written through the eyes of uh, of mom and dad. And and uh, so it was a very personal song. Um, I, I, I was thrilled that that you reacted to it as you did, and then but then we started putting it together, and uh, you know you you know that's when your creativity took over, and you're like I just I hear this and I hear this, and you know the next thing I know we've we've got strings coming in there, and and uh, you know you're you're playing your gut string, and and it's uh, there's just some there's some really cool cool sounds in that song, and so very proud of the way it turned out, and and if I can just just. Uh, uh, proud to have Ryan's name on it because he was just a, he's a really, really cool kid. Well, it, it, that was one of those songs, and, and there's been plenty of them over the course of a lifetime, um, but it was one of those songs I heard it and I, I immediately reacted to it. I love the song. Uh, but then when you started sharing with me the story behind it, you know, it just takes on a whole other level of meaning. Um, and I, I know from my vantage point, as far as like a producer and playing on it, there, there's, I don't know how to say this without maybe sounding over dramatic, but it, it, there's definitely this, uh, this feeling sometimes I have with certain songs where it's more like a reverence, like I, don't screw this up, <laughs> you know, like I really want this song um, to come out great. I really want everything I play to sound really good. Um, I, I, I want this to be the testament to the person and the event that it was meant to be, you know, and I feel really proud. It's funny when the, when the album dropped, which uh, dropped December 1st. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, and all your <laughs> favorite streaming services. Skip Bravery Band in between the things we know. You know, I'm a horrible self-promoter, so we're, we're between the two of us. We need to do that about four dozen times every podcast. Um, I, I remember going through and mastering, you know, that last step, and there's so many songs. I was still going back and forth. I'd listen to, like, the you know, the mastered version. I'm like, oh, now it's making something else kind of pop. 
because uh, all the compression and everything on there just making it louder and I'd go back in I was mixing that's the one song that I, it seems like we recorded while you were here um, I know some strings got added a few things got added but for the most part I listen to that song today I'm like that's pretty much what it was like like those are some of the first tracks on that song mm -hmm. I'm like that's not one you didn't sing that 198 times I thought it might have even been like the first you might have given me like two vocal tracks I mean that it's just something about that song. It came together almost immediately, and and survived <laughs> the 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 lunacy of mixing an album uh, to pretty much stay intact from day one to the final product, um, which to me was was kind of striking when I when we were like I said we're doing the mastering process and we have songs that <laughs> we'll get to in many other episodes. Where we have so many versions. We have one song we had so many versions that we loved. We we couldn't decide. We finally put two on the record. Um, so to have a song that's pretty much exactly what we recorded the first time we recorded all the parts, to me was was I, I don't I it sounds silly saying it, but it was almost kind of special. <laughs> when I got back to him, I'm like, God, I haven't listened to this in months. Oh crap, it's probably not any good. And I click and I go, Oh wow, this sounds great. You know. Yeah, it was very cool the way that one came together. And again, I was just. It was, it was very personal, and I was very proud of it, and, and uh, yeah, loved the way that came out. So I think, you know, we're, we're talking about the, the songs that kind of kicked it off, um, which is uh, Deranged slash Now Set Me Free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, where do we go from here? So I, I think at this point, Mark, why don't we, uh, why don't we play Set Me, uh, Set Me Free for, for the listeners? What do you think? That sounds awesome. Let's 
But you dropped the spin and let me go when you let me in well, just once try to get it right so just once we don't have to fight I'm so deranged from all the shit I'm so changed from all of it I am strange from who I used to be take another look inside of me wherever I know Till I'm free technically the album drops so i don't know if any of these are i can really call them world premieres but i will anyway for marketing night <laughs> and by the way the the album dropped on itunes spotify and all your favorite streaming service the skip bravery band in between the things we know um so one thing i want to call it on set me free uh there's a couple of i think they might just be words but they're kind of endings on some of the choruses and you can it, people are listening you hear like a harmony on there and that's actually a good friend of mine, and he was on a podcast, uh, well, first or second podcast I did, Phil G. He's um, got a little bit of vocal background on that song. The amazing piano playing is Andy Johnson. And, uh, of course, the rest of it's all, all, all Mark Avery doing his thing to make it sound cool. So how much of that song did you rewrite? Because we got, we, you did the whole bridge, right? You came up with that, and that's when we went to Set Me Free? Um. Yeah, you're right. We did, uh, I'd forgotten that we did uh, we did add the bridge uh, when we were down there, and and, uh, and the bridge was real simple. But I did, you know, uh, it, I think it did help tie it together. I will say, as I've said to you several times, of of the songs in the album, uh, my my two favorite just to sing. They're not necessarily my favorite songs, but my two favorite songs to sing uh, are Gilligan and Set Me Free. Set Me Free is just a fun song. Uh, and it uh, and once I do get it in my head, I have a hard time getting it out of my head. Well, it's kind of a hoot nanny song almost, you know, <laughs> um, if if I can use that word. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It's it's a, actually it's a really fun song to play. It's one of those songs uh, playing it live. I mean, I, the, the bass line would change every time we play it because it would just pretend on my mood that night. But it, the beauty of a blues progression, you can kind of go anywhere you want and do, and do right. a lot, you know, with it. And then. Of course, Andy having so much fun with that. I mean, he's such an amazing talent, um, and he's got three tracks in there. You know, I I, I remember sending it off to him and say, "Hey, if you want to play piano on this, this can be kind of fun. We'll just kind of collaborate in this little thing here." And uh, he sent it back. Uh, well, here's everything about Andy, as you know, Mark, because you've seen it happen. I can reach out to Andy 11 o'clock at night and say, "Hey, I've got this song. I'd love for you to add some piano." About 11:12, the track comes back to me. You know. <laughs> And I'm like, damn you, Andy, you know? That's what you get when you have a degree from Yale in music composition, I guess, and you do it for a living. But um, <laughs> it's uh, easy to remark. But that one, he set back three tracks. So there, I think he's got a clavinet, um, organ, and he's got the piano on there. And, and so, you know, if you listen hard enough, you can kind of hear. There's a lot. There's actually a lot going there on. There is a lot. Little song. And the piano and on the outro really of that fun. song, is uh, that, that's pretty cool stuff. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's Andy having a, having a good time. Yeah, you know, that's Andy yeah. having fun. Um, 
And I remember you and I talked one time, we're like, wow, you know, if something ever blew up and, and we we're going to go on tour, you know, I think Andy would go and, and we're so, we're so off his radar. I don't, I don't know what it would take for us <laughs> to ever get him to play live with either of us, but uh, he's, uh, he's absolutely amazing. And I just have to say he's an amazing human being. He's one of my favorite people to spend time with, uh, which we usually talk a lot about music, which, you know, I always enjoy. Um, so where do we go from here? Anything about this song other than what we've talked about that you wanna you wanna share with everybody before we uh, we play that track? Um, I don't think so. Again, just it was personal. I know it's kind of a unique. You've pointed out a few times that uh, you know songs. You know, there's kind of a construction pattern to most of them, and you know they're typically a kind of a verse, maybe a verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus end or something like that and that one's a little odd in the way that it's structured and that it doesn't end on the chorus but uh um i did i i like the way it, it i like the way it did end that uh um uh, basically he's always got a place in 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 our hearts and our home so yeah well it, it's also odd from the standpoint it has no bridge yeah um, yeah and, and i i remember i i think the first kind of mapping the song out um and initially and, and doing the arrangement i think we we talked about that i, I probably even said to you oh, mark we gotta have a bridge you know because sometimes you just get in that mindset of it's you know this is the way the song's gotta be <laughs> but it i i think i don't remember now why i i feel like we talked about it and you were like okay let me come up with something and then in the meantime i just kept working on it and all of a sudden I, i'm listening one day going you know this song's kind of cool the way it is and you know, there there's something to be said sometimes for doing things that aren't the same as all the other songs on the record, um, and we just left it there. But I, uh, uh, yeah, it's still it's still when I listen to it, it's not odd to me. I love the song, I love the arrangement, I love how it works. But um, it, it's just it is the only song on the album that does not have a bridge. <laughs> Put it in our our songwriting hall of fame for Skip Bravery here. Our, we're, we're, we're such geniuses we can write songs without yeah, bridges. Yeah. Actually, anybody who's a songwriter listening is just laughing because they're like, you guys were too lazy to write a bridge. <laughs> um, they know better. But, um, but it actually works. One of the things you mentioned, it does, it ends, it ends uh, kind of low energy and it ends on a verse and just fades right out, um, which is unusual. Usually we're trying to build an energy at the end and we're like chorus, double chorus, whatever, and, and doing different things. But um, I remember you and I talking about this a while ago, or I was telling you, it's like every time I listen to that song, uh, the chorus to me in that song is so powerful that I'm expecting it to hit again at the end. And then when it doesn't, what it, what it tends to make me do is go back and listen to the song again because I still want to hear the chorus. So we, you know, I kind of felt from a marketing standpoint, this might be a good thing. It's like a two for one, you know. And anybody listens to the song has got to listen to it twice because we didn't end on the chorus. They want to hear it again. So I, I, I won't be surprised if it's our most streamed song. You That's know? funny. Uh, once we finally get our analytics. Well, what do you think? Should we should we share that? And I, and I, as I said already, I know there's other songs where we've got multiple versions and iterations that I think are going to be fun to share with people because they're going to hear some things that aren't on the record if they listen to it. But um, this song is, like I said, it pretty much out of the can to, to the mastering stayed the same. So is there anything else or any other, do you have any special recordings of this song that you want us to plug in here and share with people before we share them the record? I don't. Like you said, it is, 
that that's it stayed pretty consistent, pretty true to itself. Okay. Well, with that, um, I, I'm going to keep saying the world premiere, even though, like I said, <laughs> technically we dropped the album. But the world premiere on Out of the Ether for the Skip Bravery Band, Where Do We Go From Here? taken your rhymes Where have you gone with your melody You left us frozen in time Nothing to hold but your memory What do we make of your plans what do we make of your hopes and dreams? It doesn't seem they should be Just packed away with your things That you used to walk Beneath the sun That you used to see Here in this house Where you used to live There is a place You will always be goodbyes Can you see all that's gathered here Do all the answers we seek Or do they all become clear That you used to walk Beneath the sun That you used to see Here in this house Where you used to live There is a place That will always be concludes this episode which is basically episode one of the skip bravery band 
In Between the Things We Know album. And uh, please join us again shortly, probably in a few days, for the next episode and the next couple of songs we're going to talk about. We did some cover tunes on this album, discussed that and process of how we chose the songs we chose. Um, and I, I will say that they were some of the most fun songs that we record on the album. Uh, and we'll also, in uh, future episodes, you'll get to hear some of those really rough initial first tracks <laughs> and then get to hear uh, what actually got released to the world. So thank you for joining us, and we look forward to talking with you again in future episodes. Mm-hmm.